Welcome to the Odin Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farrand, owner of the company Horns of Odin, and I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Matthias Nordvig. Hello, everybody. Today, we are joined by Jackie Alberts, who's a tattoo artist here in Seattle. Uh, she's also uh, some kind of witch and <laughs> and um, and uh, a, a prepper and has a, a Norwegian heritage here um, in uh, North America and has grown up in Ballard, which is one of the uh, main sort of like locations where you find a whole lot of Norwegian-ness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw the park, this little Viking ship uh, on a stone on it and, and everything. So, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hello. I, I feel left out. You two are in a room. I'm sat here in my now colorful room because I got a proper camera rather than the one I used last week. <laughs> oh, you should have come over. <laughs> yeah. I wish. I wish. And we're not making that kind of money yet. So Patreon, <laughs> Patreon, get over to Patreon and then maybe <laughs> maybe we could do it in person every week. <laughs> Pardon? Everybody go support us. So yeah. they fly to Seattle to do interviews. I like that. <laughs> oh, that that would be the dream, right? Mm-hmm. Have to be, I'm not even picky. It doesn't have to be Seattle. Could be anywhere. Just yes. anywhere where we need to be, we could we could yeah. do it. It would be good fun. So <laughs> what have you guys been up to? You want to start? Sure. Well, gosh, it's been a really exciting week so far. And not even a week, just a, just a few days, yeah. really. Um, we have been touring all around Seattle, showing showing Matthias all the sites, and uh, we went to the Highland Show um, mm-hmm. Tuesday night at Paramount here downtown, which is like this beautiful old theater i think it was built in the 20s so mm. it's old for here yeah. um and it's like a, a massive gorgeous theater beautiful interior and it sounded amazing i think it was highland always sounds great but it's something about seeing them in this like amazing like opera house theater that just was like was golden opera golden house. opera house yeah <laughs> it was it was really mm. special. yeah i've seen some of the the venues that they're doing and they're absolutely stunning. They really like, are. Yeah. They're unbelievable buildings. Like as if they're letting a bunch of pagans in there. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> some of them are there was one, I think it was in New York, maybe. I don't I I might have made that up as well. But I, I saw it on Maria's Facebook and it was fucking stunning. This this hall was just so ornately decorated. I was like as if they first of all, as if they let people in there just for shows because <laughs> stuff that you know it gets rowdy. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. They really are doing some really cool, cool locations. Yeah, they do. They do play at some really cool locations. Um, yeah, and this one was like that. It was. I was I was blown away. Like the yeah yeah yeah, yeah the show was was amazing. Uh, the crowd was a lot of fun. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people with the, uh, you know, face paint and antlers themselves. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's hard for Highland. Yeah. yeah. Dressed up and. Yeah. yeah. What What's the difference with seeing them at, at a festival like uh, Midgas Block compared to their own gig? Is there Is there like a huge difference crowd wise or feeling wise? 
No, I was actually talking with some of them about um, about like the difference between playing in America and playing in Europe. And uh, one of the interesting things, that, I, I can't remember who mentioned it, but somebody said that, yeah, it takes a while for the European crowd to, to, to like warm up. But like the American crowd is like on immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think we're saying that. Yeah. yeah like yeah. like over here, people are just like right out the gates with the energy and just like dancing and howling and screaming like before they even get on stage. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, yeah, maybe in Europe it takes a little a little more time to break the ice. It's just a little more reserved. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think maybe that's? No, I was going to say maybe because they're spoiled with with choice in Highland, but Highland's Highland. They it's not like they two tons more in Europe than than anywhere else. What's happening with my camera? <laughs> oh. oh, what a nightmare! We it's, we're back. Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Ron will fix it. Fixes everything. It's all right. <laughs> oh, that, I mean, I've had a terrible week with technology. This week, my my phone broke, so I I went in the shower, got out of the shower, and then my Google Pixel was just doing a little like like a reboot loop where it turns on and then just comes off, and then turns on and then comes back off, and turns on and then comes back off, and it was doing it fucking over and over, and I was furious and I was sulking and I was stomping around, and I. <laughs> Went for a two-hour hike with with Rocco, and then came back, and it was still doing it like just this loop. Um, so I, I googled out like Pixel, whatever, how to fix it, and the the solution was to get the um, get the power button and get the corner of a table and just hit it as hard as you can. <laughs> I just hit the power hit the power button on the edge of the table, and I was like, "This stuff's not going to work," but let's try it, and it worked. And it started, like, and the number two fix was to massage the screen. Um, <laughs> it was to just get your fingers in and dig the dig them into the screen and massage the screen. Um, and number three fix was to put it in the freezer. And I'm glad that I'm glad that I didn't have to do number two and light some scented candles and massage my phone like a psychopath. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. Maybe you could put that on OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, me! That, that, there's a kink for that somewhere. Yes, so, somebody would. Somebody would pay for that. Me, maybe they pay a lot of money for me to sit there. I'd have to be naked, though. I think. I feel like I'd, I feel like the, the stipulation would I'd have to be nude whilst massaging the phone. Oh, of course. <laughs> I couldn't just be sat fully clothed massaging. I mean, who's going to pay for that? Obviously, the. The naked parts to be in there. <laughs> well, now we have a new concept. Maybe that can make us money for the podcast. <laughs> maybe, maybe we do need to do the the coconut bikini. Obviously, like I said, we've had some stuff going on, but we are going to do it. Let's set up in the next couple of weeks. We'll yes. um, we we'll get it going. I'll get one made. Let's find a very distinguished professor to interview while we're both wearing coconut bikinis. Oh yeah. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. All bad, all terrible. One of the two, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, you know, terrible in a good way. Oh yeah, we'd be entertained. I'd be entertained. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's all I really meant. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about witchcraft and that kind of thing because this always interests me. Witches are interesting. Yeah. So, Mateus, what did you say? Swamp witch. 
yeah earth witch yeah i mean i don't i i'm not we're not really anywhere near a swamp there's not a lot of swamps around these parts so but i love how swamp witch sounds right sounds very spooky yeah yeah sounds very (laughs) scooby-doo totally Uh, that's that's what it is like you're running around in the swamp and the let's see who it really is (laughs) <laughs> I would have got away with it if it wasn't for those meddling kids. I, I watched the best we do in my day. <laughs> okay, so yeah, witchcraft. Let's yeah. Where do we where do we start, Matthias? Okay, well, uh, do you want a historical rundown of witchcraft? Uh, sure. Or ja- yeah. how, how ja- all the way that Jackie practices, and then we can go into the historical. Do that. Yeah, yeah. Tell us all about okay. it. <laughs> all about, you're the expert on witchcraft. Uh, it's uh, I don't know. It's not really something that I refer to as witchcraft so much. I mean, I have uh, I've dabbled in so many different little practices over the years. Like my my I guess you call it spiritual path, magical path has as a gone in so many different directions and woven together a lot of different things. Um, but I think earlier we were talking, we were refer- referring to earth magic, you mm-hmm. know, and what, what that really means or what I would think of that meaning. And um, what, what would you, what would you say earth magic is? Then? I mean, I think for me, it would be just a, a, a way of interacting with, the the earth um the plants mountains water um, all the natural elements and uh, finding um rituals or practices to find deeper connection to to those things um mm-hmm. i think also just like having having relationship um and whatever that, way that means um i i've been interested in plants for pretty much my whole entire life so because they're awesome um <laughs> they are, they're, they're good yeah they're pretty they're pretty cool we, um, we need them a little bit yeah, they're see they're a little bit important um mm. so so like one one avenue i went down when i wanted to learn more about plants and and relate to them more is uh trying to understand um healing properties of them um it, you know in like a medicinal sense or even in in more of a more of a spiritual sense um so i i've taken a lot of classes i've worked with teachers mostly here in seattle learning about herbal medicine um and stuff like that and and through that i think i i found more of just a, a kinship to the plants themselves and once i once i take a little bit of focus away from like, oh, what is this good for? And who are you? And what do you, well, who are you is a totally different thing that gets into the, the animism side. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I, it took me from like, what is this and what is it good for? And how do I use it either medicinally or in ritual or whatever to, to who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do I, how do I interact with you? And starting to see the, the plants and the elements more as as uh, beings that I could be in relationship with uh, and that. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's kind of at the core of my practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a question that just popped up. Yeah. <laughs> How do we define witchcraft? Because for me, witchcraft is like, oh yeah, I guess it's like the, the childhood kind of vision of witchcraft is like somebody, not not like the the little pointy hat and the, the broom and the black hat, but certainly like magic has to be a big part of it for, for me anyway. Like that's my idea of witchcraft is like someone doing, performing magic. And then I guess the further question is then what classes is magic? Is it like a little cauldron and mixing things up and then you creating something and then expecting something else to happen. Like, is that what, yeah. How do we define what witchcraft is? (laughs) Well, okay. So, um, historically, or at least the way that the word has been defined for us today, right. comes from a historical process. Uh, that begins in the late 1400s um, with the Maleus Maleficarum, the Witch's Hammer, a uh, book that was written by two, uh, two Germans tripping balls. Um, and, uh, and so what, what they do is that they, they put uh, things that are part of the European cultural system instead of, and some of them are survivals, for instance, from... From the uh, from the pre-Christian period, they put all these things together in 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 a um, in like a, a theological uh, Christian interpretation, and then then they explain why they are bad. And mm-hmm. obviously, one of the main things that they're focused on is is uh, sexuality and and women's sexuality. But but there's also a lot of uh, a lot of other elements. The next thing to happen is that it takes about a hundred years, and then uh, the, this, these ideas have sort of precipitated into Western Europe, particularly, um, and and also slowly creeping up uh, into Northern Europe as they're being taught in the universities. So you have these uh, uh, university um, theologians, right? That's that's really what we have at the time. That those are the people who get um, educated at the universities, who who all start believing. In- just for anybody, we have a little special guest popping up. Which is, is, he, is that your dog, Jackie? My dog. Yeah, this is Timber. Timber <laughs> to be on the couch with us. And oh, I. I can never be mad at a dog popping in, but that was that was him shaking his his head. <laughs> maybe he disagreed with you, Mateus. Who knows? Oh, maybe maybe he he was like, "Well, that's some bullshit." Yeah, yeah. he's got opinions. Yes. About yeah. <laughs> so yeah, okay. Do you want to carry on, or did you finish? Yeah. So so, so we have these uh, theologians who you know. Uh, get educated primarily in Germany. Like they come from from everywhere in, in Europe and get educated in, in in the universities in Germany, and then they go back home and then they bring these ideas with them that that are written down in um, in the um, uh, in the, the witch's hammer, and then that starts becoming a a culture about uh, witchcraft and and also essentially the invention of of like 
of everything that we really know about Satanism is invented in this time period. The the myth of of the cult of the he goat and that kind of stuff uh, comes from this time period. It's all just like uh, a, a conglomerating these these uh, these ideas um, into into a uh, uh, an idea of of some kind of satanic practice. And so, in local communities in different uh, places in Europe. Um, different aspects of, of what is unwanted in uh, people's behavior are being attached to that. Mm-hmm. And that's why we see, for instance, in, um, in like the Netherlands and, and in different parts of Germany and England and so on, beer brewing becoming very much uh, something that is associated with witchcraft. Um, and Fuck, the- I'd, be, I'd be fucked. <laughs> What? I'd, be, I'd be a witch. <laughs> well, the thing is that at the time, in this, uh, in this late medieval period, uh, it's mostly women who are in charge of, of beer brewing in the houses. And, and what's That's really- probably smart, to be fair. Huh? That's probably smart. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, the, 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 what's really happening is that, uh, that, that this beer brewing... Uh, we have, uh, you know, sort of like emergent companies. They're not really companies at the time, but people uh, who are trying to monopolize beer brewing in context of, of selling beer. And so uh, this whole element of like witchcraft comes in as a way to curb uh, local beer brewing um, by oh, yeah, women. So I it's like two- a thing right there. I have two questions. Another thing, when it comes to like the plant stuff that, that Jackie was talking about, a lot of the uh, uh, plant um, knowledge was also kept by women in, in different European communities primarily. And what you have is also in the monasteries, you have a competing uh, uh, tradition of knowledge about plants. Um, this is why you can go to monasteries and find nice little herbal gardens and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's because the monks are trying to monopolize this. And so okay. again, you get a competition situation between local women in communities who have plant knowledge and then monks in monasteries who have plant knowledge. The monks in monasteries, they can use the, the witch's hammer to be like, she's a witch, mm-hmm. burn her. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's another aspect to it. And so it, it, it basically becomes like this system that just gets into all aspects of, of social life in, in European countries in the, in the 1600s in particular, which is like the height of the burning age. Mm. Okay, I want to I wanna pull it back first. Yeah. first thing, so do you think the, the, the creation of like the term, which just comes from like little brewers wanting to badmouth the other brewer and get rid of the competition and be like, you're a, I saw you. You're you're or a not. witch, and mm-hmm. you just and they just want to take over and yeah. How fascinating! There's that going on. There's also uh, trade competitions in the, in different ways. Like people, people want to get rid of their competition in a particular trade. Um, there are farmers competing with their neighbors, trying to take over their farm or just get rid of that successful uh, farmer over there. In, in Norway, a lot of uh, witchcraft accusations have something to do with uh, the poor, 
So mm-hmm. poor women are the ones who are being um, ac- accused of being witches. Um, also people who are, you know, might have uh, mental issues or in other ways just don't fall in line and, mm-hmm. and shut up. Like there's a lot of examples, especially from Norway of like, uh, a woman talking back to somebody who ends up on the stake, or at so, least in, sounds uh, like witchcraft to me. That that sounds like witchcraft, hundred <laughs> percent. So, so there's like a lot of different different things going on, a lot of different dynamics happening in Sweden. It's actually quite interesting because it's like all about paranoia about Satan um, for a lot of the witchcraft uh, accusations that happen there. The Swedish uh, sort of like height of the witchcraft. Uh, panic in Sweden is uh, is later than uh, than than Denmark and Norway and and many places in uh, in so uh, in in western Europe um and it's it's very much based off of the uh, the idea of like hanging out with satan on a on mm-hmm. a mountain partying and that kind of stuff the whole uh, uh cult and that is all a construction that's new stuff that's essentially um learned material that has entered uh um uh, folk tradition and actually is being dispersed by all the movements of soldiers mm-hmm. in in the swedish area because it's in the 1600s sweden is is at war with pretty much everybody and and they are conscripting soldiers all over the country and those soldiers are also being moved around and they're the ones telling the stories to the local population and then the local population freaks out of course mm-hmm. so they Imagine, imagine if all I had to do was just be like, "Yeah, you know, Grimfrost, that's run by a bunch of witches." <laughs> <laughs> I, imagine if that, that was all that I had to do. Uh, get rid of the competition. Get rid of the competition. But I feel like nowadays it'd be more of like a positive thing. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you never know. In some communities, like. Uh, they are talking here in America about the return of the satanic panic. And oh, keep in mind, yeah. back in the 80s, there was the satanic panic going on, mm-hmm. both here in, in the US, also to a degree in England, right? Um, and of, of course, it also had sort of like offshoots elsewhere in, uh, in Europe. And, uh, you know, that um, for people, for some people in America became a really serious deal. There were people who were still in jail for being accused of like having sacrificed children and stuff like that without mm. actually ever having was done it that. the was it the Memphis three for instance mm-hmm. yeah that's an example yeah. Ooh, I couldn't I couldn't remember the number there <laughs> I, just, I didn't want to commit to, to a specific number <laughs> but they yeah they famously were swept up in the yeah. like the whole satanic panic thing and so but obviously witchcraft didn't start with the coining of the term witchcraft or with beer brewers. Yeah. You know, like it, it existed long before that, you know, there's been mm-hmm. people, this, this kind of pulls you back to like, I was saying, what is the definition of a witch? Because it's clearly not somebody brewing beer. Um, where, what, at what point does it become, do you become, oh, "Quote unquote," which whether whatever you whatever name you give them, whether it's a seeress or a witch, or or through any culture, you have these people who can either say they can see into the future, predict 
people's fear, control people's fear, um, perform magic acts. Like, uh, what defines a witch? Or what, Jackie, what would you say in your opinion as a swamp witch? <laughs> that, that's sticking. You, you, you may as you may as well change your Instagram profile to say swamp witch now, because <laughs> it's. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, um, that I, I think some people choose to, to claim that as a title for themselves and some people don't for, for whatever reason. And, and, uh, it's a really personal thing. It, 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 it carries a lot of weight for some people, you know, it has, it has such a heavy history and, and I think, for a lot of those reasons, it's really intense for some people to to call others witches or think of themselves as witches. But then also, there's like uh, it's also become really there's like a new popularity mm-hmm. around it now too, where the, the in in the culture like witchy stuff's really cool <laughs> too. So oh, so the yeah. word thrown thrown around a lot. Um, the word witch gets thrown around a lot, and 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 I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit. Uh, it's a bit different. Can you imagine the the ladies who got burnt at the stake, or or gentlemen, or or drowned in the rivers for whatever the punishment for being a witch was? Like, you know, they they were killed for for being witches. Now, but people can quite openly say today, like, yeah, I'm a witch, and it's very flippant. It's yeah. it's nothing. It's, it can just be a. You could we never have. You look, could, man, I actually see that in the trials. Like in in the witchcraft trials in 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 the time period where people were being burnt for for being witches or hanged or whatever, uh, decapitated. Um, there's a lot of them in the beginning. They're like, "Yeah, I'm a witch." Yeah. Then then all of a sudden people start realizing, "Hey, wait a minute! When you say that, then you get killed." <laughs> Stop um, saying that. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 you have like the, the different reactions. Uh, some people they go all in. And 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 are just uh, like defiantly uh, like agreeing to all the accusations, and then you have other people that are like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, I mean, I guess it's it's that thought of, especially if you're if you're accused of being a witch for doing something like really cool, like I don't know something supernatural, like bringing someone back from the dead, or some sort of like supernatural event and they're like you did that you're a witch it's like do you own it and just die in like immortality and you're like this i guess like a he- not a hero but you're you know you're remembered as like the person that did this insane thing or do you deny it and probably get killed anyway but it's not quite as cool as going out being like yeah i did that <laughs> i mean that's the that's the interesting thing you see people actually reacting yeah on that whole spectrum between uh, owning it and denying it, and and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of fascinating. Like if you if you look at the Danish witchcraft trials, especially in Jutland, one of the things you can see is that in the early period, there's a lot that has to do with something that looks very traditional, something that has been inherited from pre-Christian traditions of um, of communicating with the little people in different ways or. Uh, the Nisse or the elves or whatever you want to call them. And then after after witchcraft trials have been happening for a while, 
all of a sudden, the public starts learning the theology that was written in, in the witch's hammer because it's being told to them by these, the clergy. And so then they start actually like framing their witchcraft ideas after that. So mm. those little people all of a sudden become like little devils that you talk to in the church and stuff like that. So like, it's, it's wild how there's like this, you know, communication back and forth between what is essentially the pipe dreams of a couple of drunk Germans um, uh, and, and then, you know, actual public traditions that have existed out there mm-hmm. back and forth like that. I love where my mind goes when we have these conversations because right. I just have questions. I just have things that just pop up. So <laughs> do, you, do you think that anybody's ever been aware in punishment, like on the edge of um, being drowned, burnt, and they've gone, all right, motherfuckers, yeah, I did it. I I did this, and if you burn me right now, you're all getting it. Like you're all cursed, you're, and and they threatened everybody. And do you think they've ever gotten away from the punishment because of that? They've just gone all out and been like, "You, you do this, your your firstborn son's gonna die or something." And then I I don't think anybody has ever been you know let off the hook. At that point, as soon as as soon as you're right there, um, awaiting uh, like in in the situation of getting executed, I, I don't think they're going back on it. I can't remember examples of that. So so yeah, because oh, I'd be my hail mary. That's what I try. <laughs> be, that's what that's what I definitely do. Oh yeah, man. If I'm if I'm getting executed, I'm cursing everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So to bring it back, Jackie, to bring it back to what you were saying about plants, um, do you think like, say, assuming in pre, not even as far back as prehistoric cultures, like the person who, the like medicinal man, you know, the whatever you want to call them, who who knows because there are medicinal properties for from plants, whether it's an individual one on its own or mixing a group together and creating a paste or whatever, like the, it. It undeniably has medicinal properties. So do you think that person would be classed as obviously not as necessarily a witch because the term hadn't been invented yet, but in that same vein of somebody would be the, you know, the person who has all the knowledge in the plants that can heal people, I guess, or yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think uh, some people would, would refer to that that sort of person as as a witch. I don't know what that person would would refer to themselves as it, like a, a healer, you know, like a um, yeah. It's a which is a hard word to mm-hmm. define, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, in certain times and certain places, people people would probably use that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the, our modern understanding of the word witch has been defined. Uh, essentially from from that situation where a community decides to call somebody a witch because they don't like them yeah that's why uh, I was trying I was trying to kind of get rid of remove the word witch from it and if we can yeah. make like a definition of what a witch was then we can apply that to like different because for, for me it's somebody that does something supernatural or something that's not a, that not an ordinary person can do so I couldn't just like see the future or control someone's fate or mix a cauldron up of... Because like, 
I guess with, with plants, it could be you could mix them together and it could be a perfectly scientific reason for it. And and we could understand in modern day that you know mixing these plants together has a property that puts somebody to sleep or heals a certain illness or helps with a wound. But back then, it's just a person mixing together some plants. So to outsiders, they may look in on that and go, okay, that's that's a supernatural act. They've kind of they've mixed the plants, maybe said a, a prayer or whatever, whatever it is, and then that becomes part of the the whole process, and it does become kind of magical. Whereas modern, you know, modern day, we can explain it through science, but at the time, they didn't have the knowledge. So you can see how that would be magical, I guess. Totally. Or supernatural. So, so I think that's what I would class as a witch would be somebody who can perform something either otherworldly or supernatural or something like that. Is that does that make mm. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, these days we just call people who who understand the healing power of plants herbalists. Like, yeah, and that kind of thing. we've we've defined those things more specifically, mm. um, and we know that there's a whole a system of science behind it, and it's not. It's not just magic. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it, then, then we have to get into defining, I guess, magic, right? Which is a whole other can of worms, really. Yeah, we can we can open it. <laughs> we can open it because, particularly, not so much like again, not so much in now nowadays. But if you go back a thousand, two thousand, even further, um, somebody who could do something like that and and i i can i can only imagine that a ritual would go along with it if you were creating i guess potion is the right word but a medicine for somebody that's sick and you know you mix it up and you put a little ritual with it and then feed it or you know give it the 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 sickly person to drink oh camera's gone again give it to the sickly person to drink um i can only imagine that you would be seen as you know, somebody performing magic or some sort of, but would it be classed? Ah, oh, see, I'm going down a rabbit hole myself now. Would it be classed? Do you think it would be classed as magic back then or would it just be an ordinary thing? It's like today through science, we then look at things that we can't explain as magic, but maybe maybe back then it was just magic existed and they didn't think of magic being a weird thing. So they didn't have this own term because it was just an act. It was just like, oh yeah. The- yeah, but the problem that we are facing right now is that we're hopeless, hopelessly caught up in in Christian defined terminology here, uh, because you know the, the the concept of magic um, was in 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 a in a pre Christian context uh, uh, non existing in so many ways, because what what religious acts. Uh, were was were generally there to to, to affect some kind of uh, of uh, process or, or 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 create a result out there in the world. It's like you go you go to the temple, you sacrifice animals, for instance, because you want something to happen in in your world. In the same way, you go you go to a witch or whatever you want to call this person who's capable of you know, uh, telling your fortune, that kind of stuff. And, and again, that has a real world purpose. You, you want to, 
you want to know what your path is. You want to know what you're doing in your life and all that stuff. And that's what she can help you with. If you're sick, you talk to uh, somebody who knows plants and they might have some kind of remedy. Maybe that remedy will work. Maybe it won't. That really depends. It's not an exact science either. Um, so, so like back then it was, it was simply, you were simply just like trying to fix your, your situation. But now magic has then been like been taken out of the dominant religious system, Christianity, um, or at least it hasn't been taken out, but what it has been, what, what, what the dominant Christ, uh, um, religious system has done is to classify something as acceptable magic and other things as unacceptable magic. Well, that, well that's my thought. Like if, if Jesus really did turn water to wine and walk on water, that's fucking witchcraft to me. Like burn that fucker at stake. Cause you, <laughs> like, you can't, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be able to do that. It's not normal behavior. And in, in Christianity, there are numerous theological arguments for why what what Jesus did was was okay or right or or appropriate and all that stuff. But if you're you as a human do it, uh, then it's not okay. Um, and that has something to do with tampering with the uh, the laws of nature in, in the way that God has set them. And all that stuff. And so, and, and again, this comes back to these processes that really just have everything to do with trying to regulate the population, monopolize certain acts in society, and ensure that uh, those people who have been placed in power by that religious system are the ones who get to do it. And, and those swamp witches out there, they uh, they, <laughs> they 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 either get burned on the stake or stop doing what they're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Okay. So how? So so Jackie, what would you class as a witch by today's standards? Because I, I I don't know you too. You know we we've met in person, but I don't know you on like a a deeper level. Can can you perform magic? Can you do supernatural uh, things? <laughs> Do you do you think that the witches have to in modern like I assume the definition of what a witch is has changed as I, well as all definitions do throughout time? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think these days now it's something that people are are claiming for themselves, they're reclaiming for themselves. A lot of women are finding a connection to to this title of witch uh, again, or or in in a way that's changed and uh and there's something about it that's that's empowering um and i so i mean i i don't refer to myself as a witch ever <laughs> but but now i i guess <laughs> Matthias has decided i'm a swamp witch so i, I have so to. Matthias but, told me you're a witch and you're not actually a witch well, well, I gosh, you know, I'm really just a hippie. <laughs> oh, that's, okay, so that's interesting because I imagine, like, to again, we talk about the layperson here quite often. Of, um, I guess, to the outside when they look at hippies, they just they kind of link with witches. I don't know, in some way, you know, to to the everyday person that has no interest in in this. I think it's it's tough to put yourself in that position sometimes because we've been doing this for so long and we surround ourselves with people who are pagans or 
witches or what or whatever. You we don't really remember what it's like to be a normie and kind of you know you your average run of the mill guy who's going to watch football, I guess, drinking beer with his friends down the pub, and all these normal things. And like just a, a general layperson who doesn't know what paganism is, doesn't know what heathenism is, doesn't know anything about Vikings, any of this. Like, I think just looking in, he would see like hippies and witches and they would be very closely linked to the B. That. Why do you think that is? I, I mean, for me, I, I, I don't think that I, I don't think that I am ever doing anything supernatural or like anything that anybody else couldn't do you know i think it's just that the i'm not gonna lie that's a letdown that i'm I'm, sorry i'm so sorry i'm (laughs) really sad that you can't make Matthias vanish right now (laughs) (laughs) it's it's just more i think a a way of interacting with the world a little bit differently and and uh thinking about the world a little bit differently um yeah, I mean, you were just talking about how how you were creating relationships to plants, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's a very different way of interacting with the world than than you know the average person. Yeah. I would say. Right? But to me, that's not that's not supernatural at all. Mm-hmm. Once you once you start to do that, it becomes very real, very very present in the, the physical world. It's yeah. a different a different way of thinking about it. But I think a lot of people would classify it in the realm of the supernatural or delusional or or something like that, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 But it is something that anyone can do. Yeah. 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 I talk to trees and squirrels. Squirrels. We've been talking a lot about talking to squirrels. Yeah. (laughs) Squirrels. Do you name them? No, I do not name them. They have names themselves. And sometimes they tell me their names. Yeah. Do they talk back? Absolutely. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk about. Let's let's talk about this. What did it sound like? Uh, what do you mean? What do they, do they sound like? What kind of voices do they have? Normal voices. Do the voice. <laughs> do the squirrel voice. Well. I mean, you know, a scroll voice can can sound in, in the same range as, as as human voices. Yeah. So okay. So when you say you talk to squirrels, just just run me through this. Just run run me through like okay, Mateus is walking walking through the woods with the dog, and the squirrel runs in on the path. Mm-hmm. Go. Well, then then you can like interact with the squirrel. You could be like, "How's your day going?" You you <laughs> you're saying that like that's a, a perfectly reasonable thing to say right now, as if that I'm the I'm the odd one for being like, "How does this work?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so okay, so obviously, like I talk to Rocco, like. I spend yes. all my time with him. We're, we're hanging out. He's got his own little voice. We're just, you know, just chilling. We, 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 I talk to him. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I pretend he talks back. But that's me pretending he talks back. Now, I'm oh. not talking to wildlife. Um, maybe I might be like, hi, Mr. Magpie. Or, hi, Mr. Squirrel. How are you doing? I'm not like, how are you doing? Oh yeah, the wife. Yes, yeah, she is she annoying you? Like, 
<laughs> it's not, it's not, I'm not doing that. Well, why do you accuse her of being a witch? Maybe the other squirrels will put her on the stick and get rid of her. So you just told me that you talk to your dog, you talk to squirrels, you talk to magpies. No, but I think, like, no, but I'm saying, I'm saying that, I'm saying maybe, you know, I'm like, I understand like being like, yeah, hi. As yeah. it comes past, like, hi. Not kind of how are you doing and then expecting a response back. That's, that's what I'm trying to understand is this back and forth. Yeah. I mean, um, the, I, I don't know. Like if, if you were to be just as uh, uh, confused about me having those kinds of conversations with humans, I'd be just as confused about how that doesn't work for you, if you know what I mean, to understand what's happening. Like you, you, on my head? My you know, of course, always chalk it up to imagination. The dude's crazy or something else. But, you know, in, in, in this little wonderful world where I live, I have great conversations with squirrels. <laughs> I mean. And ravens and not so much magpies. Don't have any magpies. Well, oh. they're here and there, but not so much. Um, so you mean you're mean against the magpies? Year. No, no, no. There's just not that many around where I I, I hang out normally. Um, woodpeckers, um, snakes, um, you know the, the the occasional moose or bear or something like that. Like, <laughs> you do it enough, you start to to notice when they're. You start to notice them talking back to you, like not just in your head, like out of, out of my land, we have these owls that come around and, and they start to make noises in the evening, like always kind of around the same time. And, uh, and the other night we were out there camping and having a fire and we were talking about the owls and that we hadn't heard them just yet. And uh, my friend made an owl noise and just did a little hoot and immediately we heard the hoot call back so they're they're listening and i don't know exactly what it what what the hoot said but but i think if you if you do it enough and and maybe listen for a response more they start to say stuff back to you yeah yeah okay but okay (laughs) it's one thing the owl hooting back at you. Yeah. And there's another thing, the owl being like, hi, Mateus, how's Erica and the baby? Everything going okay? Thumbs up. Like, that's two very different things. One's, one, I, the hooting, I completely get on board with. I think you can interact with the animals and they can be conscious enough to understand and maybe like give you a little nod or a wink. We see dogs wink sometimes. Um, or maybe even make a little noise back here. But that fucking owl and that squirrel does not speak English. It doesn't know English. It's not been to school. It's not learned English. So it can't speak back to you in English. It doesn't make sense. Of course, I wouldn't speak English to a squirrel. <laughs> so, okay, so this is why I said run me through it. So what is it? Are you speaking squirrel to the squirrel? Of course I'm speaking squirrel to the squirrel. Come on. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) I think 
Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm a, yeah. A lot of languages. Yeah. Maybe you should write a book of squirrel translation. Ooh. <laughs> oh, there we go. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah. Mateus said that you are also a prepper. Now, prepper's fascinating. <laughs> I know it's. I know it's off topic, and I know it's not like not a mythology or Viking age. But let's be honest, we don't always stick to topics. And f- preppers just, oh, I find them so fascinating ever since I started watching Doomsday Preppers a few years back. And I'm just... Oh, that is an intense show. <laughs> oh, they, some people take me to the extreme. So first of all, explain what a prepper is. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, I also don't necessarily self-identify as a prepper because, I mean, as you can see in shows like that, it, it carries a lot of weight and people do take it totally to the extreme. Uh, I think maybe there's a little bit of a distinction between like prepper and preparer Ah. (laughs) Uh, or just, you know, having an interest in, in uh, being self-sufficient and sustainability and and maybe not having to rely so much on, on outside sources and other people um, to meet your basic needs um so how I so I've always sort of had this mind where I'm like how can I and I have also always been fascinated by like hardcore preppers because there's some because there's something there (laughs) there's something there even though you know sometimes it can get a little extreme and a little wacky it's like also this this person's ready (laughs) yeah anything and it, it could be really empowering to to just be like thinking about that stuff um, so, uh, really how, how a lot of it came about recently, um, in recent years is during COVID time, during, uh, you know, the pandemic in 2020, everything was pretty, oh, there was a lot of, uh, lot of uncertainty about what was going to be happening in the world. And, and it's like, is this, is this, <laughs> oh, I bet there was so many fucking preppers sat there. And let's be honest, most of the guys sat with their long-suffering wives going, yeah. see, told you. Uh-huh. <laughs> told you this was going to happen. This is what we've been preparing for for the last 10 years. And then when the world didn't burn, I bet they fucking hated it. They, they <laughs> hated it. The, I'm the, not the, sure the, some of them haven't even come out of their bunkers yet. Oh, I bet. I bet they did just, they gutted the, when, when the supermarket still had food, I bet they were cursing. I bet they were like, oh, fucking, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a, a group of friends of mine and I all, we, we had been fantasizing and talking for years about, uh, and each of us individually and, and, in, in different conversations talking about this idea of, of having land together. Like a, a, it's really expensive to live in this area of Washington. It's not really anything that any, any one of us would be able to do individually. Um, and so what we did was we sort of banded together and, and bought a piece of property out in the forest, out on um, the Olympic Peninsula, that's west of Seattle here, um, and sort of created a little community for ourselves. Okay. That's so, very cool. Yeah, it, it's been really amazing. And none of us have any idea or have had any idea what we're doing. It's a totally new experience for all of us. But we knew what we knew in that moment and kind of out of our own 
fears of what was going on, our own anxieties about the world and, and, and not really being so sure about what was going to be happening is that we just wanted a space uh, to be in community with each other and, and um, kind of take care of each other. So mm. for, for me, like that I prepping idea that, that mentality is, is less about hiding by myself in a bunker full of like canned food and guns and stuff. And more about, you know, how can I, how can I help my community? How can I take care of myself the best I can? Um, how can my friends and I, in one of the most expensive states in the city, uh, states of the country, um, take care of each other? Mm-hmm. So that, that was really it. So now we have this space um, where we're all learning together about how to build structures that we could live in and uh, grow some food, grow some herbs, um, and really just like a place. Oh, to- herbs. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> sure. Herbs. Yeah. Those kinds. <laughs> um, okay, so I've, have you buried a shipping container yet? Because that, no. that is the, the telltale of a prepper. That is so much. Do you know how much work that is? Not that I. Oh, it's a fucking big. <laughs> they are so big, and and yeah, that's that's not my, that's not my thing. Um, we're we're learning how to build very cute little cabins, very very uh, um, small dwellings that have uh, as little impact on the land itself as we can get away with. Um, mm-hmm. uh, bearing a shipping container, just you just, I did just because I was curious, look into just like what, what that exactly entails. And you do so much destruction to, to the earth there, you know, and we, we, we love that place. We don't want to tear it up and, and put things underground. And uh, yeah, that's, that's not what we're doing. But what about nuclear winter? Or okay. when, <laughs> or when, or, or when the poles switch, because that's one that they always used to use on, which I'd never even heard of this before, but apparently, like North and South Pole, they're, they're just going to switch at some point. We have no idea what's actually going to happen. <laughs> but that's that's a popular one of Doomsday Preppers. Believe yeah. me, I've watched them all. The pole <laughs> switching is a popular thing, which I don't know. First of all, why that would necessarily be a bad thing, um, and two, like I never even knew that was even possible that they could just flip one day. But. Maybe. I yeah, I don't know. I don't like there's been some theories about how it could fuck up a lot of things, but I have no idea. I, yeah, that's that's not what I'm preparing for, I'll just say. <laughs> it's, it sounds to me like yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just I'm preparing for sitting in an off-grid hot tub in the trees in the mountains and uh being able to eat food that I grew and maybe have some chickens. <laughs> so. Yeah, it sounds. It, it, I, I feel like Matthias has oversold this to me. Yeah, I'm. I'm more of a what now? No, I wasn't saying you are something. I was saying you've oversold something. <laughs> that I was expecting a, a prepper, and it feels like that that Jackie is just somebody who wants to live off the grid sustainably yeah. with friends. Totally. That's also a prepper. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's an element of prepping there. I, I mean, we can't be responsible for the weird shit you watch on TV. <laughs> You've been watching oh, yeah. too much 
You say peppers. Have you got have you got a go bag? Have I got what? A go bag. Uh, all preppers have like a backpack ready packed to you know, have, packed, ready to go, waiting by the door. So when shit hit the fan, you just grab your go bag and you're out of there and you've got all the supplies you need. I have a I have a backpack that's full of supplies I need. Like yeah, I'll I'll be able to fix a broken leg in, in the woods if I need to. Mm, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, but I, I, so, so I guess I'm the prepper. <laughs> Maybe yeah, it's actually you. What a what a plot twist! <laughs> Who saw that coming? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, the, I have stuff. I have some stuff that I can access if I need it. Like I, I like to have handy things on hand. I, but I think more of it is about uh, acquiring like some skills, some. Mm. Uh, some knowledge about how, like, how to help myself if something were to happen and I can't just immediately call 911 and, and, mm-hmm. and that, which is a really uh, great thing to, to learn when you're out at our place because we're pretty, pretty remote, we're pretty isolated and we have no internet or phone service or anything. And so that just naturally kind of creates these situations where I'm like, oh, I need, I need to learn how to what to do if if something happens if i get hurt or or something so i just like it creates these circumstances where where you're learning you're, you're preparing in a sense mm. for situations that you know how to handle and it's a lot more practical it's a lot it's yeah. a lot like if this major catastrophe happens um but but if there are catastrophes i think acquiring a lot of those little skills and being a little more competent, a little more confident in, in a practical sense, all of that will help. And then just having, you know, the, the infrastructure, this place that we can go to, um, to take care of ourselves and the community is the most important part of that. Like having those relationships with people that you really, really trust that also we've all been learning together how to, how to take care of ourselves and take care of each other. Like that's the key to it. That's the most important thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that what somebody's doing in the background now? Are they building one of the little, little communes? <laughs> oh, no. That is just a guy uh, hammering on the outside of my house. The unannounced construction guy. <laughs> just just randomly stood there hammering. Yeah. He knows that we're doing a podcast right now. No, no reason, no purpose. Just just stood there with a hammer hitting inside of the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, we've done an hour. Let's, let's wrap this up. I've got the puppy to go see. Your, I'm sure your dog needs attention and love and cuddles. Yes, and more coffee. More coffee. Yeah, not the not the dog. The dog doesn't. No, dog. I'm sure he's got plenty of uh, energy already. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Ro- Rocco's been nice and quiet this week. He's learning. Yeah, it's good. Doing, he's learning, which is good. He's he's doing good. We we ooh, we hiked up England's highest mountain the other day. That's pretty cool. It's. Yeah, it's not really that high. It's like <laughs> we don't. It's like nine nine hundred and eighty meters or something. Yeah, so that's that's only halfway up to where Denver is in altitude level. Yeah. So, so, so we're not that, a high country. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that was fun. We had a we had a good day. We've been doing a lot of hikes, so he's settling in well. Speaking of mountains. The uh, the mountains around here, and especially the volcanoes everywhere, 
fucking amazing. Like, when I was flying, this is the first time I'm in Seattle. I was flying into Seattle. I uh, the the plane came around. Which which one of them is that? Uh, did it come around Mount Rainier? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, Mount yeah. Rainier. That's a tall, tall volcano. Uh, that was so, so dope. Beautiful. Yeah, really. Like I'm I'm moving there. I don't care if it blows up. I'm yeah. I'm moving. I'm gonna be living on the slopes of that volcano at some point. <laughs> Do it. Do it. And throw the guy with the hammer, throw him in it. Yes. <laughs> Put him in it. Put him in the volcano. God. <laughs> All right. Let's let's get out of here. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating positive review wherever you listen to podcasts. Find the YouTube channel, Nordic Mythology Podcast, same for Instagram, Facebook, and all that. Um, Jackie, where can people find you and find the Swamp Witch in the title? <laughs> well, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jackie Alberts. Uh, the shop I work at is Moonlight Tattoo in Seattle. And yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Matthias, where can people you find can you? You can always find me on Instagram, just Matthias Norvig and... You can also check out my website, but I'm not really doing anything with it right now. Oh, so just- I, I had a rumor that you came back to Facebook. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I just, uh, I, I had to log into my Spotify. Oh. Um, and then, uh, uh, because that's linked up with my Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, and so I had to, uh, like, it, so what happened was that I logged into my Spotify. Or I, I, I tried to log into my Spotify and it gives me those options, log in with Facebook, with Google, mm. blah, blah. And then I'm like, well, the only way I can log in is with Facebook. So I, I clicked that and then it automatically uh, reactivated my account. And then after a little bit, I was like, wait a minute, fuck. And so then I had to figure out how to deactivate my, my Facebook. They don't make that easy. So no, it took me a, a day to, to, to get that sorted out. Oh. And yeah, in the meantime, people thought I was, I was on Facebook and I was like, abort, 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 abort. Uh, so someone even posted in the, the Nordic Mythology Podcast Facebook group, like, Mateus is back on, <laughs> on Facebook. So obviously I was like, yeah, everyone's Adam is a friend. <laughs> Actually, the only reason the only reason I haven't just deleted it is because of my Spotify. And basically, what you like if you originally uh, linked your Facebook and your Spotify, then you cannot have your Spotify without your Facebook. So what I'll need to do is that I'll need to like download all the playlists I have on Spotify and all that stuff. And then delete my Spotify account, and then delete my Facebook account, and then go back to Spotify and uh, create a new account that's attached to Google instead. It's like, <laughs> can we can we get another music platform, please? Like, what the just, hell is? You just keep just keep Facebook on the, just keep it unactive. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Don't worry. I All hate- right. I hate that platform, man. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. All right, let's 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 get out of here. Thank you very much, Jackie. Mateus, thank you. Um, who have we got next week? Bob? Uh, <laughs> Bob's I, uh, there somewhere in the background? He's going to... I'm sure Bob's there floating somewhere that's going to yes. come up in the chat and tell me exactly who we've got next week. Because we're, we're booked up till November now. We're back on track. We have We have a full schedule until sometime in November and it's pretty cool. 
Um, oh, Amelia on Tuesday. Amelia. Oh, okay. Everybody listen to this. If you do not listen to, to the episode with Amelia, then you're insane. Because that is still one of my favorite episodes we've done today. She's such a fun person. And I, I enjoy it when guests take the piss out of me. And that's what you two did. You two just sat there together speaking in Danish, just mocking me. I still don't know what you said. <laughs> and, I, and that makes it so much fun for me. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And um, uh, she, she gave me a present on Tuesday. I got a little strawberry hat for my uh, kid. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> like a yeah. little um, knitted hat. So, uh, oh, nice. I was looking forward to, uh, forward to seeing her. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm really excited. Wonderful. Um, oh, and then we've got Benny Bratton on Thursday. Um, who, for anybody who doesn't know Benny, he's the aficionado of the ritual of Midgast Blood. Um, he's given the lyrics for the for the ritual as well for us to have a read through and and look at. So that should be super interesting as well. Exciting. There we go. Let's get out of here. Yes. Have a good day. Take care.